I interact with every bear every day. Yeah. I mean, they that. these are intelligent animals. They need a lot of mental and physical stimulation. And I provide that to them. In the wild, they get it just by using survival skills. But in human care, we find different ways to enrich our animals. So come and see the, the animals up close and learn about them with your own eyes. And then draw your own conclusions. Hi, I'm Heidi Harriet. Welcome to Animal Tales, where we talk about my favorite subject, animals. On this podcast, we talk a lot about the people who love, care for, and work with animals. I also provide information about those countering the true professionals, the animal rights community. There's animal welfare. We celebrate the bond between humans and animals in an atmosphere of well-being for all. We are the stewards of these animals, animals in human care. And the animal rights community who don't believe in the relationship between humans and animals, that bond, and that we should admire animals from afar. Well, unfortunately, the utopian wild doesn't really exist. It's managed by humans, and without human intervention, many of our species, for example, the Asian elephant, will become extinct. So there's just so much more to these stories. As with many things in life these days, it becomes a very emotional topic, and we rely on emotion for our decisions. Today I'm talking to a woman who owns a bear preserve, Paradise Ranch in Mayaca, Florida. I've known her and her family for many years. Her husband, who passed away, was a good friend of our family, and I've known him since we were preteens. They often are vilified just by virtue of the fact that they've chosen to devote their life to bears, and now Monica, as a widow, is carrying on the family business. It's generational. It's exceptional. The facility itself is beautiful. But yet, thousands and thousands of emails and a push to encourage the regulating bodies to put her out of business. It's a story I've wanted to tell for a while, and I'm happy to have her on the podcast today. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to do this episode with you for a while, but you're a hard woman to pin down because you actually are very hands-on and you're the one caring for the bears and you're the one booking your your uh, tours and all of that stuff. So I know you stay really busy with all of that. So tell us what you do and the business that you operate. Well, I run, I'm founder and uh, operator of Paradise Ranch. Uh, a bear preserve where people can come and learn about bears and see them in an up-close environment and um, enjoy them. Yeah. And I can say I've uh, known you for many, many years. And when I go out to your place, uh, you know, it's uh, you're there hanging out and there's a big pond, fenced-in pond behind the house. And the bears are out there swimming and climbing and playing. And I was like, I have really cool friends. <laughs> most people, I'm thinking most people don't get to go to places to watch elephants in the backyard or bears in the backyard. So uh, but I feel very privileged about that because as we both know, there's definitely an effort to, you know, take these animals out of human care and put them all back in the wild and all the utopian uh, dialogue that goes, the narrative that goes along with that. But so... um 
to back up a bit, you were, um, you and Johnny Weldy is, uh, I grew up with Johnny Weldy, your husband who had, who's passed away very sadly, way too young. And a good friend of mine since we were tweeners actually, uh, traveling with shows and he was with his grandfather working the bears and you and he did a marvelous job together, raised three children with all of your bears and then he tragically passed away very suddenly. You have been amazing carrying on and moving forward with uh, the the Paradise Ranch, the tours. You were still doing shows up until recently. Are you still doing, going out and doing any shows? Or are you trying, is it all staying now on your compound? It's pretty stationary now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, focusing on the ranch here and um, to build the business more. Yeah. And I have, I'm working on, so I will be hopefully announcing them soon. Great. But yeah, I think it was a, a good choice, a wise choice for the bears and for myself yeah. and our family. Yeah, I could. I mean, I certainly understand that because going down the road, you guys had state-of-the-art equipment. It was fabulous, all of that. You had this fountain, this water feature that you put up, all portable stuff, but amazing. Uh, but I can truly appreciate, especially try- doing this on your own, making this happen. So tell me what your business, tell our listeners what your business is at Paradise Ranch. Are you open to the public? Do you do, uh, or is it reservations only? What kind of stuff do you do there? Yes, we offer tours to the public by reservation only. Um, we, we open, we're open four days a week and, uh, People can book a tour reservation uh, to come and learn about the bears and see them in in a more natural Florida environment. Um, Like you said earlier, they do have a pond to swim in. They have grass and trees and foliage. So we want them to be bears. So that allows them to be bears. Um, I also interview my bears. I have a relationship with all of them, a great rapport based on mutual love and respect. I don't forget they're bears. Yeah. (laughs) Bears first. And my friends next, but uh, yeah, yeah, work together to educate the public here at the ranch, and it's a wonderful thing. It really is. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Shows? Do you do you do behaviors? What kind of stuff? Um, they get to see them in the natural environment, but then I'm sure you do some type of talk or training show or something like that. Yeah, educational presentation. Um, sorry, my cat. <laughs> she wants to get in on it. One of the other um, animals a, there wants to be a part of it, right? <laughs> um, I do an educational presentation here at the ranch, and um, I I tell people what kind of bear they're looking at, the species. We have three types of uh, subspecies of brown bears here at Paradise. We have a European brown, Syrian brown, and a female grizzly bear that we adopted. Oh, so, okay. Interesting. Uh, people get to different species and learn about them, where they come from, also their personalities. They, they get to know the bears here. And yeah. um, I think it's more of a, it's more a one-on-one uh, it, in introduction and the people get to see their personalities and, and they learn more about them. And I think that hopefully it, and it does sparks an interest in uh, getting involved in helping these animals in the right. wild because you don't see them in human care. You know, they're going to only read about children. The future will only read about them on the internet or in a book. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's a little, it's more um, personal when they come here and see these animals up close in a safe environment. 
Yeah, and I know from my background growing up with animals and elephants, and we, we didn't do any carnivores other than dogs. My dad always used to joke and say he trained to hate, hate eating animals. But I do know watching our audiences, whether in a performance or an educational talk, seeing them like just seeing elephants move around with each other, seeing the bears swimming and jumping and playing and moving around with each other. Um, the public doesn't get to see that as much. Sometimes in the zoos, and I think zoos are great generally, is when they take, you know, anybody that takes great care of their animals. I, I'm fully for it, especially if they're providing an opportunity to introduce animals to people and keep them in our lives. But to see them interact is really cool. And I, we, you and I both have seen the faces of people watching that. And that is what will keep animals in our lives. Not a, not a TV or movie or CGI, right? Yes, I have. Uh, it's funny you say that. I have people that actually come here for a private viewing. And they will just sit here for two hours with a chair on in the shade and watch my bears. And that that intrigues them. They're in awe to see the the power these animals have when they interact with each other and also with myself. But I let them just see the bears be together and interact. And they they just take away this this appreciation for these animals and I have a, a, a repeat, a repeat supporter that comes here and um, he just loves to sit there for two hours and watch the bears. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, for him, it's, um, it's mentally, it's like, it's like Zen. It's like yeah. yoga, yoga or something. It, it clears his mind, but it, it's just intriguing to him. He just really enjoys it. Yeah. Well, Paradise Ranch is certainly a beautiful piece of natural Florida property and set up so well. And again, even having grown up with animals and been around bears, um, my friends, different friends that have had bears that did shows and having got to watch them interact at your place, it is easy to sit there and just start staring off and watching the bears. And most people ha don't get to see that. So it's very, very cool. Our friend Kay Rosaire has the big cat habitat just miles from you. And same thing to see... They have some bears there, but the cats primarily, and even the monkeys, just interacting. It's people just stand there and watch it. It's it's amazing, but it's it, is. it makes me feel good because I know that those people then have a desire to keep animals around. Because if we don't, our grandchildren and their kids are not going to have these animals in human care to you know, Ashley. and to save the species. We can't save the species if we don't understand them and research and such. Uh, so well, animal species on our planet are dependent on humans for Absolutely. their survival. So they're facing extinction or are threatened, severely threatened. You yeah. know, they yeah. need us. Though the utopian wild is managed by humans and that's not a bad thing. People, you know, want to make that a negative. It's not a negative at all. That's, that's how we're going to keep them around. Uh, so I wanted to see if you, um, have some fun stories about the bear, something that you remember, or you have your three kids that have grown up with the bears. I'm curious if there is some sto a story or two that you might remember about, um, you know, having a unique family <laughs> growing up with bears. Well, we definitely have a unique family. Um, working in a zoo in New York for 16 years, the Catskill yeah. game from Tropical Park. Um, unfortunately, it's no longer there, but 
that was a, a wonderful time of our lives. And our children literally grew up in a zoo, Yeah, you know, all types of animals. But um, we exhibited and uh, did a show there with our bears. We would get uh, people from the city. Uh, they would just come up in droves and stay in the, the local resorts around the area and the beautiful Catskills in the summertime. Oh, yeah. The zoo was definitely on their, you know, itinerary, their agenda to, to visit. It was a beautiful little zoo. And um, not only did they have the bears, they had elephants, they had dogs, they had camels. Uh, I mean, they had different types of shows yeah. as well as animals that they had in their exhibits at the zoo. Yeah. So um, I think that was a fascinating part of our lives. And uh, oh, there's such great pictures of your kids. Uh, the themes throughout the years too, where you would theme the show and everybody would, you would make the wardrobe for them all. And um, every it, summer I would change the theme of the, the show. So yeah. Cute. Yeah. And yeah. they, you know, what a, what a great life growing up with bears as Johnny did your, your husband. Um, how far back does the family go? I can't remember. I know um, he worked with his grandfather. Where does the family begin with the bears? His grandfather uh, in Norway, okay. um, circus that came through town. I, I believe when it first time he tried to run away and join it, he was like 12 years old and his father took him back, grabbed him and said, you got to come home. But he attempted to run away the circus several times. I think it was three times. And uh -huh. the third time, 17, 18 years old, he said, okay, <laughs> you're on your own. So he ran away and literally joined the circus. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he worked all types of jobs from the bottom up as a groom for horses and, and uh, zebras. He worked in a Cossack riding uh, group. He, uh, he became an aerialist. Yeah. But his love was really the bears. Interesting. Um, he okay. worked all over Europe and uh, with his aerial work and the bears. And uh, in 1946, uh, John Ringling North brought uh, Johnny Weldy, a senior uh the he's actually the third johnny weld the second johnny weldy okay there's four <laughs> my son's the fourth okay but uh, uh johnny weldy the second uh john ringling north brought him and his wife tova to america to the ringling brothers and barnum and bailey circus to oh, perform okay. with their so that's what brought them over and they were on uh ringling 1947 1948 okay. and then they could do nightclubs and shrine circuses all over the country he ended up in hollywood in the 60s late 50s early 60s and uh a talent scout had actually found them here in uh sarasota at the circus ring of fame or circus oh, hall okay. of fame and spotted him my husband was only four years old at the time. He was walking a bear around on a leash. This was back in 1958, you know, so, uh, no, 1960. Yeah. So Talent Scout just happened to be there and saw my son, my husband walking around with a bear on a leash. He says, if that little boy can walk around with that bear, that bear could work in Hollywood. So he brought them over to, uh, Hollywood to Los Angeles. And, uh, they started uh, doing Walt Disney movies and uh, a movie with Rock Hudson and uh, TV shows. Lassie, oh, okay. Hillbilly's a Lucille Ball show. So that's what brought him to Hollywood, the talent scout. And then years later, I guess it was uh, kind of full circle when, was it Disney came to you and Johnny to do uh, the the image, uh, the bear image for Brother Bear or something like that? Right for the characters um it's funny how they found us we were in orlando doing the central florida fair with our bear exhibit in our show 
And somebody that was working on the movie, uh, the Disney movie, the Brother Bear movie, uh, saw us and said, those bears are beautiful. We could use those for the, for the animation. Right. So uh, we actually brought two young bears to the Disney studios in Orlando and um, went into a room with all the animators because that was the last Disney movie actually uh, created with hand-drawn animation. Then they went to the computer. Oh, interesting. Okay. But the last Disney movie, hand-drawn animation. Yeah, and your bears were there for the the inspiration of how they moved and what they looked like. Right, exactly. Wow, that's really cool. I remember uh, that time. I thought at the time that was really neat. Someone also did that with a big cat. And uh, it, I love that the animators, and they, they really do capture it, don't they? I mean, they really. They capture the movement. Um, yeah. The, you know, the feel of it. And, and not only that, the personalities. Yeah. Yeah. The base. Yeah. Monica, what is it? What does a bear feel like? I mean, they look like a big furry, you know, like a. they remind me of a big furry dog, but you know, the people are listening. So give them a visual on what it feels like to uh, interact with a bear. What do they feel like? What do their, do their eyes engage with you? You know, what is that all about visually? They're fascinating animals. They are majestic, extremely powerful, and they can be so gentle. Um, they're amazing. Uh, when I first started to work with them 43 years ago, I was terrified. <laughs> yeah. Probably They're rightfully very, so. They are a large, large animal. They're huge and so strong and so heavy. Um, but uh, I had great mentors and teachers, so I quickly lost the fear. Yeah. But I, I, like Johnny's grandfather told me, because he worked with us to get with Johnny and I till he was 84 years old with the bears. Yeah. And he said, never forget this is a bear. Yeah. Treat them with respect right. and respect what they earn. Definitely. They're very soft. Oh, they're cuddly. They can be so cuddly. You can just wrap your arms around them and cuddle into their fur. It's very soft. Everybody asks me what their fur feels like. It's just something you would love to curl up on. Um, yeah. Of course, live ones. <laughs> yeah. But they're just beautiful. And um, they do have a coarseness in their arms on their fur. Okay. Uh, and in the wild, they're walking through such heavy brush. So actually from their elbows down to their paws, their feet, their fur is very coarse in texture. It's almost wiry. Interesting. But the rest yeah. of the body is very soft, extremely soft. They have two types of coats. They have an undercoat, a top coat, and they shed those undercoats for the summer so they can take the warmer temperatures wherever they live. Um, it's, they're just fascinating and just cuddly. Yes, they have that cuddly draw to you. Yeah. Everybody wants to cuddle. Well, your bears are in beautiful shape. They're just, you know, they're so round and they they have that look of what you think of a, you know, a cuddly bear. But I, too, have been around enough animals and have great respect. I remember, I think you were pregnant and I was working with Johnny. So you were home getting ready to have one of your children. And I was on uh, doing a show with Johnny and there were babies and he had at least one baby. I think it was two, but baby bears and he was had him out and. You know, we were so fortunate in the back, the back uh, scene of the circus or show or zoo or fair, wherever we are. And uh, everybody was interacting with the cub. It was little. I was afraid of it. It still had the nice long, uh, you know, nails, claws, well, uh, whatever. 
Yeah. Uh, so, but there's pictures of Cassidy with it. So, uh, it you know we've had those opportunities, and again, people are not going to have opportunities to be around animals. They're even lobbying zoos now to you know it's horrible. We got to get those animals, especially the big ones. You know the the uh, elephants, the bears, the killer whales. They're you know they all all the 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 big cats. Um, Unfortunately, they they don't see the damage they're doing to the to the species. And let's um, talk about that because the damage they do to you, what you have gone through, is just mind boggling. I don't know. I don't even know how to capture it. But can you give me a sense of? I know you've been lobbied by email and vilified and tried to be put out of business. And you know, how do you? How can you articulate that to help people understand what this is all about for people who've never ever seen your bears or know nothing about you. It's just a, it's just a uh, social media post or an email that goes out that says, do this now to put her out of business. What is this all about? Um, and, and the, the contact, they want to end the contact of between humans and animals, um, all contact in every form. They don't want you to own an animal, wear an animal or eat an animal. Um, I believe they're put on this planet. We're their stewards, of course. Yeah. We are the animal stewards. We are their caretakers. They depend on us, like I said earlier. But after Johnny passed away six years ago, I was attacked hardcore for the last five, six, five and a half years, six years. Yeah. They're still not going. But, you know, um, yeah, they, they don't want me to own a bear. Um, that's the bottom line. They want it end all this they tried to get um, your bears put in sanctuaries and taken away from you oh, and went yeah, to the government channels to do that as well animal rights sanctuary where they'll live free yeah um free free from what what is free <laughs> there there is no free uh my bears still live free they're they're free from starvation they're free from disease they're free to, to uh, live in a, a natural habitat. They're free to give love and be loved. My bears are still free. Yeah. Uh, but yes. just, they, they wanted to just take them away and, and put them where they think they live, under their standards. And um, like I said earlier, uh, they don't realize the damage they're doing to these animals. People need to see these animals up close and learn about them. Uh, not just on a picture book, not just on the on the screen on the computer, right? Um, and the but these weren't just email like Monica. Please give your bears to the sanctuary. These were horrific and vilifying and threatening. And I think to the tune of I think one time you told yeah. me wasn't there like twenty five thousand in your email box or something or all how you um, perceive it and accept it. I mean, it, it could really destroy you. This kind of uh, harassment. It's meant to. It's, con it's meant to. It's con Harassment, and if you you got to put it in a, in a perspective. I wake up to it every day. Uh, I'm not going to lie; it, it it got to me many times. But what is it? What do you wake up to? The com communication from them, email, social yes, media, yeah, the what? Threats, the communication, the uh, the slander, it, it, the what when they attack your employers, yeah. whoever you're. Working and they go and harass them. It's just constant. It's always coming back to me, you know, but um, I'm a fighter. Uh, yes, I'm a widow. And they felt that, uh, well, she's a widow. She's vulnerable. She'll give in. 
They didn't know me. I'm a fighter. I love the love for my animals is stronger than um, the hate they have for people like me. Right. And you made a good point. They lobbied you did. You were doing fairs that you were one of the top exhibit animal exhibits at fairs. Fairs love to have you. But then the fairs even admitted to you. We don't agree with these people at all, but they just can't they won't allow their fair to be lobbied because they're afraid their board members are going to quit or they're going to get sued. There were a lot of fairs that would not give in and they, they knew that if they did, they're coming after their agriculture. Right. You know? Yeah. So, cause the, the exotic animals, animals like mine were the forefront. And once they do away with us, what's left, the, the, uh, the pigs, the cows, you know, the beef. Oh, I've done that on the podcast. We've talked about that. They go to the fairs and lobby hard to get the agriculture taken away. You know, the best thing in these kids' lives. It's crazy. Monica, you're regulated. It's not like, and I want you to speak to this, it's not like you're just willy-nilly decided, you know, the family generations ago got bears and you guys are going to have your bears and all that There are regulations. I like to say there are more regulation places for the animals than there are, like for your children. I feel pretty certain to say that there are more regulations in place for your bears than there were for your children, as long as they looked healthy and went to school, right? So the general public doesn't realize this is, I'm not a person that just took a bear out of the woods last week and (laughs) put it in a cage or in my preserve. Yes, we're highly regulated by a federal and state, USDA and Fish and Wildlife, your state Fish and Wildlife or DNR, Department of Natural Resources, wherever you live. But um, yeah, we're, we're subject to unannounced inspections. Um, we have to comply with state and federal laws and they're stringent. They're very strict. Um, so, you know, but that's that's the animal rights movement. They tell the people that we aren't. Uh, yeah, uh, we aren't regulated enough and. Uh, we get away with too much and all, you know, it's not true. That's not true at all. I see, um, I see your posts pretty regularly for a while there that you kept having to um, increase the fencing on your compound and keep making improvements when in fact, just prior to that you had met and exceeded all the regulations, but it's just this attempt to, you know, try to make it so onerous it puts you out of business, it appears. It's it's crazy. Well, and thank I God be- people stepped up and you were able to do it. Yes. Um, I believe that uh, the animal rights movement has infiltrated into state and federal agencies yeah. and are in- influencing them in many ways. For sure. As far as the laws and regulations and making changes. Um, as a matter of fact, Florida Fish and Wildlife uh, has having a meeting today in Miami. Unfortunately, I couldn't be present because I do go to a lot of the commission meetings. Yes. And to keep up on the, the laws in the state of Florida regarding animal ownership, especially exotic animal ownership. And um, they're coming up with a list. Uh, it's called the white list. And they're supposed to present it or propose it today of animals that they're going to ban in the state of Florida. Yeah, I heard about this. Very concerning to an animal owner like me and all the others that are licensed and regulated as well. And, um, you know, it, it, it happened in the state of Ohio. Yeah. It's, and it's already taken place in many states where they're banning exotic animal ownership. So, and, um, and to be clear, when we talk about exotic animal ownership, 
it's not necessarily that we're endorsing, um, you know, John Q. Public going down and buying himself a, a, a cat or a bear to keep it in his backyard to say, hey, I got a bear in my backyard. We're talking about professionals a, who are regulated. In regulations. I mean, the, these animals need proper facilities to yes. live in, proper care, you know, state-of-the-art care. Expertise and, uh, taking care of them. Exactly. Exactly. You have yeah. to know what you're doing with animals. I yep. mean... Or, or you'll have problems. And people, be problems. Don't, people don't understand that those regulations are already in place. So it's not, um, well, we need to do this because we don't want people to buy bears and keep them in their backyards. That's not happening anyhow, right? That is in most states. There's there's still a few where they're getting ready to address that. But that's not happening. We're talking about professionals who this is their livelihood. The reason you're not at the meeting is because you're taking care of the bears, I tell exactly. people that all the time. Why don't we hear from the animal people? Because they get in trouble if they leave their animals. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, I, I have gone to these meetings, yes. and, uh, but I'll son or my daughter come in and, and take care of the animals, you know, watch yeah. them while I'm, but unfortunately this time they weren't available, so I couldn't make the meeting. Right. Otherwise, I could have been there, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely know that. I like to go to those meetings as well. Fortunately, some of our uh <laughs> you know, peers are there. So we'll get good information on what happens, <laughs> but it, it is scary. Um, I don't know if you want to speak any more to, you know, the animal rights community. And, and this is really the Humane Society of the United States, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA. Uh, I don't know if there are other particular groups that are harassing you and, uh, but it it's, it's just at epic levels. Again, we're talking about thousands and thousands of nasty, hateful, even threatening communications to you. I know at one point you had an attorney or attorneys and some of the associations helping you put together some videos and do some stuff because again, you're taking care of the bears. You're trying, you're keeping up with all the requirements and re, uh, that they have for your facility. Um, you're still a parent and a grandparent and trying to enjoy your life and, you know, taking care of your beautiful bears. And that is a tactic of the animal rights community to either take away your resources, your your time, your animals, and your money, right? Exactly. They, they sue you so that you're tied up in lawsuits and it depletes your resources. That's right. They want to wear you down, definitely. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and again, this is really not about what's in the best interest of the animals, which is what my podcast is all about. It is not at all what's in the best interest of the animals. And they are not animal experts. I say that on every episode. They should, they should create college courses on how to spin a narrative, how to do um, fundraising and media training, but they are not animal experts. And they're, I agree. they're, and they're the vocal minority. It's kind of like politics right now all the stuff that's going on, all the chaos and what we would look at as crazy stuff in the world is really not what's the mainstream, but it's what you hear about. Well, the animal rights community is doing that. And that's the reason I do the podcast. I want people to hear the other side of the story. There's a great side to this story of the people who love, care for, and work with animals. Yes, the truthful side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the truthful. truth and expertise are certainly on our side. Best practices, animal husbandry for yourself make your own conclusions don't listen to the animal rights because they're only going to give you 
rhetoric, <laughs> slander, you know, they'll just give you their side of the story, their, their ideology. Yes. Um, you'll only hear their side. They, they vilify people like me. They try to make me out to be a criminal. Yeah. When um, a responsible legal animal owner. And, and I love my animals. I love my bears. And they can see for themselves. They can, yeah, they, they can do. go online, making a uh, reservation and come out. And I know you're getting ready to do a camp as well. This is uh, May of 2023 when we're taping this. So you're getting ready for a summer camp, correct? Yes, Camp Kodiak. That's coming up in June. Oh, great. Yeah. I did it last year and it was a real success. The children really get to learn about bears. I mean, I sit them down when they arrive in the morning for an hour and they learn about all the different species of bears that we have on the planet. And so it, it is very educational. Then we do fun things, all bear related, of course, but yeah. we do uh, water games, activities, arts and crafts. They have lunch with me here. It's really a fun time. And the parents were just commending me because the kids were so happy. They came home so happy. It made the parents happy. Great. So you got to, and my children love this, you know, yeah. and, um, and, and it's a very safe and natural environment for them to see the bears here and learn about them. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun for them. It's great. You're chipping away at a few kids at a time to, you know, they'll grow up and be more responsible animal stewards and not and hopefully. They, yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You said Kodiak. I wanted to get back to that because when I was young, uh, Johnny had the bear. Kodiak was one of your, one of their main bears. Him and his grandfather used in the show, and I think you guys still had him when you and Johnny got together, yeah. right? Beautiful male European brown bear, Kodiak. Yeah. So that that name, I that made me feel happy when I heard Camp Kodiak. <laughs> Um, anything? So, what would you want to? What would you want to wrap up with to? you know, you told people come and see for yourself. What would you want to say to people who aren't sure they're, you know, the, the heads of PETA, HSUS, those folks, they're ideologues, right? They're, they've had their mind made up, they're fundraising that, but the people who get caught in the middle who really care about animals, but are misguided by joining these associations. Um, I feel like that's my audience. What would you say to them about why they're misguided and how they can truly help animals? Well, if you feel if you feel you're on the fence, do your research. Um, check into these organizations. Where does this money actually go? Does it go to really help the animals? How, what percentage, or does it go to help? Does it go to the lobbyists to pass bad animal legislation um, that will hurt even you eventually if you own a dog or a cat? Because they're getting so strict on just breeding dogs. I mean, you you won't even have a choice to go get a, a standard poodle. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You, that choice. Um, of course, I love to rescue and anim uh, adopt animals from uh, shelters, and and I'd love to have a lot of dogs. But you know, I'm limited as far as having that many uh, dogs. But um, you should have the choice, definitely. So do your research. Find out where this money, your donations, or what you you want to give goes to. What percentage? And then if you're on the fence, come and see these animals, come at, come to our facilities, come to the paradise, come to big cat habitat or Mayaka elephant ranch. There's many wonderful licensed, legal licensed facilities that really are devoted to these animal species and learn about them, how they live here. And, uh, what, what, what do you do with them? What I do with them every day. I interact with every bear every day. Yeah. I mean, they, th that. these are intelligent animals. They need a lot of mental and physical stimulation 
And I provide that to them. In the wild, they get it just by using survival skills. But in human care, we find different ways to enrich our animals. So come and see the, the animals up close and learn about them with your own eyes. And then draw your own conclusions. Absolutely. But I, I won't leave here uh, unhappy. My bears are happy, and you can see that with your own eyes. Right. And, yeah, when you're doing your research, understand that. I've done some research and 12 pages into Google and I was still getting the animal rights narrative. So reach out to zoo professionals, reach out to folks like Monica to make sure that you're getting, truly getting the other side of the story. People who have animals and who are animal experts and uh, not just rely on the internet. Look, look a little further. There's great folks out there who are doing amazing work. Well, Monica, thank you so much. I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we've been trying to get together for a while. And uh, I always look forward to coming out to your place. And uh, they can go online. What's your website? Paradiseranch.com. All right. So you can go on Paradiseranch.com. It'll be in show notes. Book your next tour. They also do different events out there that are a lot of fun. I've been out to some of those. So thank you, Monica. And uh, God bless you for all you do with the bears. Oh, thank you, Heidi. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. As you've heard so many times, go see for yourself. You actually can go to Paradise Ranch. Check out their website, paradiseranch.com. It's really beautiful if you're anywhere near the Sarasota, Florida area, Tampa Bay area. Certainly worth the drive. And nearby, the Big Cat Habitat, a beautiful preserve for animals a variety of species, including big cats, and the Mayaka Elephant Ranch. So including all of our beautiful beaches in the area, some wonderful animal habitats where you can actually see these animals up close. Bring your children, allow them to see animals and watch the animals interact with each other. That is what's going to save the animals on our planet, to care about them enough to want to take care of them and conserve them. As always, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what stories you'd like to hear about. I'd love to hear your comments on stories we've already done. Please subscribe so you don't miss any of these. Rate and review the podcast. And please share it. It's so important for me to tell these stories. I hope you'll join me next time for more Animal Tales. Animal Tales.